This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the MVSP. As always, I'm Joe Nagy, joined by my wonderful co-host, Brandon Worth. Brandon, it's a beautiful Wednesday, and it's a beautiful day to be in the office. It really is. I mean, it's not sunny yet. I know it's supposed to get sunny later today, so that'll be nice, especially for being outside. It's definitely a good time, especially now that yeah, we have to face it. We're going to have snow soon. It's hard to believe, but... Soak in the sunshine. There while was you snow can. in Minnesota yet the other day. Mm-hmm. The like Rockies a lot are of, getting a lot, a of, lot snow. of snow. Yeah. To be crazy. honest, I'm looking forward to it. That means Christmas is rolling around, and I love Christmas. I but sure. Brandon, it's a pretty action-packed day today. MLB World Series are kicking off. It's a classic situation of Moneyball versus Moneyball. The Dodgers with a star-studded roster, literally the highest salary cap you can have without going over. Guys like Mookie Betts, Cody Ballinger, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Turner, all those guys are making up a huge lineup. When you got the Rays on the other hand, which are a classic Oakland A's money ball situation, not a lot of huge guys. Their salary cap is literally nothing. They have no one on a huge amount of contract, but it's going to be a good one already. We had game one, eight to three. Dodgers took it, but game two is tonight, Brandon. How are you looking forward to that? Yeah, I mean, looking back at game one, I mean, the Dodgers took advantage in the fifth, and then they definitely got to glass now. And he had a, he had a great game up to that point. He only held them to a couple runs, and then they just really they really found him. And it just shows you how hitting is contagious. When you get mm-hmm. on a roll, you get on a roll. And the Dodgers certainly found that as when they had it. Glass now knocked out. They go to Ryan Yarborough, the Rays do, and they try to get him out of the jam. Does not work, and they end up sh- – um, putting a pretty big number on the scoreboard mm-hmm. and they just they had a little bit of a run late but I mean they cut it to they cut it to 5 but they couldn't get it any farther than that. Yeah. So, I mean for the Dodgers you're looking really good right now. Like Cody Bellinger had a great night. He had a home run. Mookie Betts also went deep. Mookie Betts had a very fantastic night. Two stolen bases, RBI, got two runs scored. He pretty much did everything. I know the yeah. announcers said that multiple yeah, like times. He, Literally he's doing, he's doing everything, everything right now, but uh, Max Muncy did very well. They, they were just really hitting the ball, and I think that's what's really going to mm-hmm. help the Dodgers. Because I mean, Kershaw played. A, I don't. I wouldn't say it's like a, a pedestrian uh, box score. Because I mean, he had he was six innings, two hits, one earned, eight strikeouts. That's mm-hmm. not bad at all. But with the way the game was going, it was seemed like there was a couple times where the Rays might have broke it open, then they kind of shut the door on themselves. So there was definitely opportunities for the race. So I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah. how this series. And I mean, with that money ball versus money ball perspective, it is truly crazy to see the numbers. The Dodgers have the number two payroll in MOB. They only trail the Yankees by very slim margin. But their payroll, the Dodgers, $107 million. You know what the Rays salary is? $10 million. Okay, a little more than that, but $28 million. They're 28th in the The difference majors. in that is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean... The Tigers pay more than that. Come on, man. How do we pay more than that with the <laughs> roster that we have? I feel like we're getting... Well, it's Miguel Cabrera, but we're getting gypped out of that deal. Yeah. But, but honest, it is what it honestly, is. in the game, I feel like Tyler Glassdown was struggling with his low fastball. You could kind of tell he was struggling with getting those corners. He was throwing it way too low and a little bit outside all the time. And I mean... With him being able to throw 100 miles per hour plus, I feel like he was trying to get it so that 
I mean, they just couldn't catch up on it. But as soon as he threw that curveball, it was usually hanging. He wasn't getting that to work either. But when he got his fastball in the zone, it was usually belt high or above. And when you're given that to, I mean, the best hitters in baseball and arguably one of the best hitting teams in baseball, it's ma- it, they're going to mash it. It's going to be home run city. So, I mean, when that comes to it, I feel like Blake Snell for game two has to realize, okay, I'm not going to give him anything high. If I give him that, they're going to capitalize on it. And if the Dodgers can carry on this hitting performance in a game two, I feel like they're going to solidify kind of a, a pretty strong performance for the, I feel like in the first four games, I don't know if they'll be able to sweep the race, but I mean, it's all going to come down to how Snell's going to pitch because if he's going to be able to leave it low and kind of force them to maybe get a, I mean, get him low in the count, 3-2, and have him swing at pitches that they're not going to usually swing, that's going to come down to it. But if he's going to leave it high and up and high in the zone, it's going to be a different story. Yeah, and I think your analysis on Glass now is pretty well. His fastball, he didn't have full command of that. And there was, like, especially on Bellinger's first bomb, he left it low and inside, and we know Bellinger loves to just when he absolutely dro- when he drops drive that back, those. When he drops that back elbow, I mean, that's... Oh, it's, you're, you're done. You're toast. But, I mean, that was a lot of... A, there was a lot of hits that the Yankees had, especially in that fifth inning that came on misplaced fastball, left him too high up in the zone. I mean, these are major leaguers. You're going to leave it down the pipe. They're going to they're gonna do some damage. And yeah, we they saw strive that. for that. It's, yeah, and I think Kershaw had a real... He had a really good game. I feel like with the eight strikeouts, it really kind of showed that he can still be back to his normal self because, obviously... Postseason, we've seen a little bit shakier of Kershaw compared to the regular season. Mm-hmm. We've seen him be a lot better. I'm not saying he's like a full James Harden S type, but it's kind of a similar comparison where there's going to be a little bit of drop down in the postseason, and that just happens. I mean, some teams get hot, some pitchers don't get hot, so it it just happens. But overall, I think Blake Snell is going to be a big part of this this race team for Game Two, and I know their offense is much better than they showed last night. They they were a lot better in the ALCS as far as hitting is concerned. So I'm not really worried about them too yet. I'm not hitting the panic button. I mean, guys like um, Rosarina did not have a hit last night. Brandon Lowe didn't have a hit last night. All these guys that can be key crucial players, that, especially hitting the baseball, especially like even Kevin Kiermeyer, which I know you have a ton of respect for, and I completely understand your point. I mean, the guy has been a Tampa Bay Ray for how long? He's it seems through, like our whole childhood, really. Yeah, he's been through the struggles. He's been through everything. But now look where he is. He's in the World Series. And, I mean, he had a, he had a pretty nice night last night as far as in the field. He had a couple nice hits, um, one of them going out of the yard, I believe. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he's he's an absolute athlete. I know a lot of people talk to talk about him being such a freak athlete. Like him and Kevin Pillar in the outfield. I mean, you just need two outfielders to cover yeah. the whole outfield with that point. But I think the, the Rays, they didn't have a terrible game. Miss miss pitches from Glass now. Their uh, hitting wasn't that great. They kind of start, started a little bit later in the game when uh, Kershaw was out. But, I mean, overall, just not their night. I think they'll, they, they'll bounce back game two. I'm not sure if they're going to win game two, but I think it's going to be a lot closer of a game. The Dodgers had a lot of opportunities to take advantage of, and they did. So I think that's why they came mm-hmm. out. But should be really exciting yeah. for game Even two. Even so, I mean, Blake Snell with this game too, he in the postseason is kind of being like Kershaw. I mean, a 3.2 ERA. For as good as he was pitching in the regular season, I feel like he's got to step that up, especially with, I mean, a 2-2 two and two record. That's kind of uncharacteristic of him so far. But, I mean, even so, on the other side, Tony Gonsolin's going to be starting tonight. He has a 2.31 ERA. I mean, he's 0-1 in the postseason. But, 
I mean, if he's able to kind of rally behind this big one that they got tonight, or last night, excuse me, I feel like he's going to be able to kind of use that. And if he kind of does what Clayton Kershaw did and dominate that game, I feel like they're going to have some pretty well success. Yeah, Gonsolin was a guy that I, I really didn't see going to be in the, the rotation as much for the Dodgers. Obviously, they want that slot really filled by David Price, and David mm-hmm. Price is not going to be joining them this World Series because of injury concerns. But I mean, for his postseason start, he has he has had two games. He's two appearances, I believe. One game start, the one game he started, he he got rocked. Not gonna lie, he got rocked. So this is an opportunity for the Rays. I mean, Gonsolin's a guy that he's gonna give you some pitches. If he's on, he's on. He's off, he's off. So if he's off, he can be somebody that can be hittable. And definitely with this Rays offense, what they've showed so far, they can certainly do that. Um, I really believe that. This could be a game the Rays bounce back. I think that they're a good team. I mean, they're they're mentally pretty tough. I mean, what they had to do in the ALCS, they almost blew it. Then they, yeah. they held on for dear life and they figured it out. So I think against that, another big salary cap team. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. I mean, Houston really gave them a fight all the way to the end, and they they had to close it out when they needed to. It made us a little bit more nervous than they probably could have, but they they got it done. So it'll be really interesting to see who prevails in Game Two. I'm really looking forward to watching it. But as we move on now into Joe's favorite sport, golf, we have the Zozo Championship. One of my favorite sports. It's not and my favorite sport, but I do love the sport. Okay, one of your favorite sports. I'll say that. But you're very excited about this field. I'm extremely excited about this field. I mean, there's – It's a, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen this since, like, Wingfoot. Yeah, this is probably the next best until uh, since Wingfoot. And, I mean – Probably the next best to, like, the Masters. Yeah. Really, it is. I mean, the the playing field is absolutely phenomenal. You got guys there. You got guys like Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, people that everybody know, and who doesn't like Tiger Woods as far as yeah. golfers concerned? He does things we just wish we could do. I mean, I don't know how many highlight videos I've seen of Tiger Woods pulling off some just absolutely mind blowing shots you'd never even think of trying. But mm-hmm. then you got guys like Matthew Wolf, of course. You got guys like um, Ricky Fowler, those guys that have played some fantastic golf. I mean, we, we've really been looking at this as the DeChambeau show. Yeah, so the past couple of tournaments. Yeah, there. and I don't believe he's in the field for Zozo. I, no, he's not, so, which is kind of surprising. But, I mean, he's been playing it basically every tournament other yeah, than this one. Yeah, he, I mean, for, for them, they should consider this, hey, we got a shot to win this thing because, I mean, the hottest golfer is not going to mm-hmm. be there. And I think the way he's been playing, everybody's been kind of considering, oh, let's shoot for second. Mm-hmm. Not saying that that's what they're mentally going in there doing, but I mean, overall, that they, how well he's been playing, it's been really hard to compete at the top, mm-hmm. especially how well he's been driving. And even his short game, that's a thing that a lot of people were really concerned about because, I mean, he focuses a lot of time on getting extra strength and drives, but mm-hmm. really his short game is what's really prevailed into these. And that's what's made him right now, as of now, the world number one as far as rankings. Matt Wolf number two. And Jason Kokorak, who won last week at the CJ Cup, is now in third. So I believe yeah. he— I That believe, propelled him up a good amount, too. Yeah, I mean, he's not a guy that we normally see there. Like, I mean, Jordan Spieth's not even in the top 100. I mean, he's had a pretty struggling year. But other guys like um, Xander Shoffley is, is up there. He's been playing some very great golf. I mean, Justin Thomas is down there. You always got to watch out for him because he plays fantastic, and he can really get on a roll. So I think this is going to be a really exciting tournament. I think this is going to be 
a more exciting tournament than winged foot because I think there's a lot more scoring opportunities here than mm-hmm. winged foot. It's I'd, not going to be as tough either. I mm-hmm. feel like it's you're going to see a lot more um, lower scores, and I feel like it's going to be a lot closer because, I mean, what did DeChambeau win on? I think it was like minus one like each round or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was over half the field was pl- uh, positive. So, I mean, I mean, when you really think about it, I'm really excited because this one's going to be way more competitive because you're going to have a lot more guys who are used to this kind of this course that's going to be showing for a really good time. I mean, just to name a few other guys, Tony Finau's in it. Long Bomb Phil is going to be in it. I mean, have, if you saw his Instagram post the other day, he's hitting 337 carry. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Colin Moore, mm-hmm. Cal, name a couple more. I mean, walk it in, Kevin Na. Kevin Kisner, I mean, if you're a barstool guy, it's literally this is like the best field since Wingfoot, and I cannot be more excited for it. Yeah, it should be. Um, I know the 1045 tee time is one that definitely everybody will be watching. Matt Wolf, Xander Shoffley, and Tiger Woods. I think that is a... Very good, the three pairing right there. So mm-hmm. everybody will be looking forward to that from round one. And, and even so, we got to watch out because Tiger Woods won the Zozo last year. That is true. He did win the Zozo. And we haven't seen him play like he hasn't played since Wingfoot. Mm-hmm. Where and he didn't make the cut either. Yeah, he didn't play his best golf that day. So we're really looking forward to seeing if he can really turn it around. Yeah. And but like really you said before off the show, Brandon, I mean, Phil Mickelson didn't make the cut either, but he's been – on the grind. I mean, Tiger Woods isn't obviously as public and as vocal as Phil Mickelson is with his training, but I mean, I'm really looking forward to it because if Phil Mickelson's hitting 337 at 50-some years old, I'm excited for what uh, Tiger Woods is going to do. Yeah, I mean, those guys, it's like you always will know they're always going to be guys to watch, and they're always going to play good golf. I mean, some days they might not. Some days they'll play amazing. I mean, you're not you're not going to expect them coming into this tournament as, like, for for – Going into it as an analyst perspective, looking at the past couple tournaments, you're not considering them a top five player coming in. They should be. That's where they should be. They're not mm-hmm. DeChambeau or Shoffley or whatever. Okay, they're going to be in the top five. They're playing too good right now because they haven't. But those are the guys that really make the the sport of golf so great. The guys that come out of nowhere have struggled and struggled, and then they figured out and everything clicks for one tournament. And now look where they are, one, two. And wouldn't that be something to see Tiger Woods mm-hmm. and Phil Mickelson battle it out for the Zozo on the final round? Yeah. Not saying that's going to happen, but, but boy, it would if it be does, incredible to that see. That would be probably yeah. one of the greatest rounds of the season, I would yeah. say for sure, as far um, as a fan perspective. Yeah. A couple more notable tee times to look out for. 1140, Cal Moore, Cal Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed. And then the one right after, Webb Simpson, Rory McIlroy, and Phil Mickelson. That's going to be a big one to watch. I'm kind of looking forward to the Rory versus Phil. We kind of really haven't seen that at all mm-hmm. this year. And I'm in the past couple of years, too. That one's going to be something that I'm going to be really looking forward to. But, I mean, to round it out, it's going to be a pretty good one. I mean, 11-29, Kevin Na is going to be with Adam Long and Nick Taylor. I love watching Kevin Na. He's electric. I oh, mean, yeah. he, he hits, in, he it, hits it from 10 feet away, and he knows as soon as he hits it. If, <laughs> if, if, if he walks it in, you know it's going to be – you know it's going to go in the hole. Yeah, he sure has self-confidence. He's put, he's put himself through so much training with his putt. He knows. He's a confident he man. Knows. He knows. And I know a lot of these guys really are fun to watch. I mean, who doesn't like Brian, Bryson DeChambeau saying, oh, yeah, I'll drive that. Driving over oh, yeah, three trees that. for three thirty, it's like, oh, people love to see that. So uh, obviously, without like having fans there, it's not the same. But it's still fun to see it on television. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really exciting. But yeah, moving on now to um, the NFL. We'd normally cover this more on Monday, but Brandon, um, Brandon, you forgot the best part of the show. Oh, yes. you forgot the best part of the show. I'm sorry, I got too out of myself. It's been so long. 
I just forgot. I apologize. But it's okay, Brandon. It's Joe's fact of the day. Everybody loves it, Brandon. We're going to stick in the golf world for this one. I mean, if you're a golfer, you obviously know the late, great Arnold Palmer. One of the greatest to ever do it. The greatest drink maker in all, probably the whole world. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's an iconic drink. Brandon, we obviously know the Arnold Palmer half and half. Half iced tea, half ice, half lemonade. Excuse me. I yes. can't talk right now. Brandon, obviously you see it in the gas station. But do you know when and where it was created? Oh, nah. Man, I've I've bought countless Arnold Palmer. I have spent the, so much money on Arnold In the last five years. I mean, when you're in the summer and you're, like, going fishing, for example, is there anything buy like six better? Of the, buy six of those at the gas station, toss oh, them in the cooler. Yeah. It's, it's so good, dude. It's, it's like the classic summer it's a cla- perfect drink. Yeah. It doesn't even matter what you're doing. You can drink it for golf. You can drink it, like... I mean, even like for practice, I had it there just because it was so good. You can have it out on the boat. It's perfect for the. Oh, I could go on and on. It's just a perfect. <laughs> it's, it's a great drink. It's very good. But when it was created, oh, that is when that and is, where it was created. When and where? Oh, the where, man. I I'm not too familiar with Arnold Palmer's background, so I feel like I feel like wherever it was created is somewhere near his like his home of origin or where he currently lives. I'm not too familiar where, so that's going to probably be a blind guess. I mean, I could Google it, but I'll be true to myself and just guess. But, I mean, I want to say, wouldn't it be somewhere around, like, the the 90s or 80s? I mean, it was really branded hard in the 2000s. That's mm-hmm. when it really became, like, a huge thing, like, especially when it got branded as the the classic black and yellow can that we all see now in the gas stations, of course. And, I mean, there's been a lot of variations, too. Like, I know Snapple has tried to match it and, like, other, yeah. other tea you brands. You just can't. But it's not Arizona's got a down pat. Yeah, Arizona is just, like, they they're just make everything. Plus, it's 99 cents. Who can get better than 99 cents? I feel like, and dude, it's not, Arizona, it's not even, sponsor us. Yeah. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. But I I don't know. I'm going to guess. I'll just throw out a random random number in a random place. I mean, it's made from the Arizona company, right? Yes. And that's not in Arizona. I'm not like, it's not that. Unique. I think it's just called Arizona. Yeah. I don't, it was like, it was like. Arnold Palmer's like started it, like kind of made it popular. But yeah, I think and Arizona, then Arizona like, branded it. it. Or, yeah, 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 branded it. So I'm gonna guess completely. I honestly, this is a great fact. I honestly have no idea. So I'm gonna just guess 1992, and it was made in Dallas, Texas. That is the best guess I'm gonna give you. I, it's probably way off, but that's what I'm gonna go with. Yeah, you're kind of way off. Ah, but I Brandon, figured. when was it made? So it was made in the 1960s. That's when Arnold Palmer really? first like made it and like it was kind of starting to get popular among golf courses wow. oh um, but it, was it branded by arizona at that time um i believe i'm not sure it doesn't say on this okay, website but it just says the 1960s was when he created i think in the 90s okay. was like when they started but that, i'm going off like when i was he first definitely made saying it. when did arizona brand i should have been it, so. more com- clear no, about fine. that but, but it's still a good fact oh, it is still. and then um I think it says in the Palm Springs area, so I think it was his home course. He started making it because uh, the story is that he would always say, I'll have a Mr. Palmer to the waitress, and she'd have to get him uh, a half and half of iced tea and lemonade. So Wow, that is really That's the story of the greatest gas station drink of all time. That is. That is very interesting. As Now we can move over to the NFL, but we had two Monday night games on Monday that were one was pretty good. 
One was not so good. We'll eh, go over the right. good one first. Uh, the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. It was pretty much, I think, what everybody expected. It was going to be pretty much kind of a defensive shootout as far as how both teams played last week. We mm-hmm. weren't going to see 40-40 to 40 type game. But Chiefs come out on top 26-17 um, in a classic battle of long bomb quarterbacks in Mahomes and Allen. Um, Mahomes... He he played outplayed Allen. I would say that's probably a fair statement. Mm-hmm. He was twenty one of twenty six, two twenty five, two TDs, one twenty eight passer rating. I think Josh Allen really felt like he had to do a lot. I mean, obviously he threw the ball one time more, but I mean, with just barely on over half the amount of completions as Patrick and their running game. I will I'll say this again: their running game needs to step up if they're really going to be a big contender. I mean, watching the game. Singletary and Moss, they really weren't going anywhere. It just was really hard to see how, like, I mean, Josh Allen had the most rushing yards. He had 42 rushing yards, and he was the most highest rusher in that game for Buffalo. That's a problem. They they have to figure that piece out because, I mean, when they're passing the ball so much, it makes them more scripted. And, I mean, they gave them chances. I mean, both running backs had 15 carries, but when you only combine for 42 yards, that's not that's literally less than three yards a carry. That's not mm-hmm. going to be good enough to win football games. So they, they just need to step it up and figure out a way to get their running game going because I think that's really what's going to help them in the long run. I mean, Josh having Josh Allen has a rusher obviously can um, change the dynamic a little bit, and I think that's a great thing. But, I mean, when you got a guy on your team like, for example, on the other side, Edwards Alaire, that makes the job a lot easier for your oh, offense. Oh, definitely. I mean, CEH had 26 carries. That is more. But he put up an average of 6.2 yards per carry to total 161 yards. That's a lot. I mean, I watched this game, and there was a lot of time. Shaving a defensive line at that point, just like I, I, they're they're literally looking like Swiss cheese right then. Yeah, it's just not going mean, to work ha- out. Having that six point two average, literally, like you can just give it to him, and he can. I mean, anytime you need a first down, I mean, you just give it to him, and that just kind of takes a huge weight off of Patrick Mahomes' so- shoulders, especially if it's like a a second and long where you need to get close to, I mean, like a third and short, just so you can have that chance to kind of take mm-hmm. a little bit of a breather for that time. But, I mean, when you have that, like we said, it's it's literally one of the greatest things I have because you can take so much stress off the offense and off the quarterback when you have that kind of option where, okay, I don't need to – where Patrick Mahomes can sit back and say, okay, I don't need to, you know, throw this like a 20-yarder that's like a super small window that I have to make. I can just give it to Clyde. He can give me six yards, and then I can maybe just get a little bit of a slant or maybe just a little bit of cutback or, or – uh, button round or something so that way he doesn't have to make such a long throw and kind of throw that up to chance yeah I think with I mean when you have CEH running the way he is and he's had I mean the week before I think he only totaled 40 yards so that was definitely a little bit lower of a game for him Mm -hmm. and then having him explode like that it just made everything easier because I mean we've known Buffalo as a team that can have a stout defense and they they really when you play Kansas City the numbers aren't going to prevail themselves. Because, I mean, in reality... It's you, Kansas City. It's Kansas City. They're going to put up yards. They put up 466 yards on Monday. That's something that they're accustomed to making as an average for themselves. I mean, Kansas City only scored 26 points. That's something that you can be... Yeah. That's a one That's, that's one score. Hold your head a, that's hold your head up high type score. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I mean, but, I mean, Buffalo's only putting up 206 yards on offense. That's not that's, gonna, yeah. It doesn't matter who you play. That's you're gonna, gonna need gonna you turnovers to put yourself in position to get 
scores if you have that mm-hmm. little yards. And they they certainly did not as they th- had more turnovers. So, I mean, well, I mean, Kansas City did have that fumble. Travis Kelsey did fumble. But, I mean, that was kind of late in the, the mm-hmm. second quarter. So, it's it pretty much over at the half by that yeah. point. But it did buff- give Buffalo a shot to, to take advantage. So, but... It's re- it's refreshing, honestly, to see the twenty six seventeen score and not see like those huge like yes. forty four like thirty six games or even just those huge blots to kind of see a solid defensive game. I mean, even when they score twenty six seventeen, there's a scoring game. I mean, that's honestly that's perfect for the watcher, but honestly for those guys who love defensive football and are afraid that it's kind of moving away from that now, I feel like it's just it's really refreshing to see. Yeah, I think that we it gives us a reality check. Like, oh yeah. Defense does exist in the National Football League because sometimes we just see scores and we're just like, whoa, that is crazy. But on a side note, congrats to Patrick Mahomes, became the fastest quarterback to reach 90 career passing touchdowns in the Super Bowl era in 37 games. So that just shows you how dynamic of a player he is. Good for him. And it was really exciting to see that game, especially. I mean, you got two great teams. I don't think Buffalo's in a little bit of a tough spot right now because, I mean, they've lost two straight, obviously. So they're going to be looking mm-hmm. to get back on the train. Uh, hey, they got again. Bills Mafia behind them. Yeah, the Bills Mafia. They got one of the best fan bases in the world behind yeah, them. Yeah, the, I would argue they're one up there. Especially, I, I would even argue that the, the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, when they was in Oakland in the black hole, I think that was probably one of them. I don't know if the, the I feel like the Raiders will always have a pretty – Honestly, I feel like it's going to be – not probably not the same because the Oakland, I mean the Oakland uh, sports culture runs so deep, especially kind of with the A's and how good of a fan base they have. But I mean, yeah, the Raiders. That was that's a really good fan base to have too. Yeah, I would say so for sure. Um, another big fan base that's probably not so happy this week <laughs> is the Dallas Cowboys after an absolute just crushing game on Monday, thirty-eight ten. Arizona beats them. It's tough for Andy Dalton out here. Oh, it's tough for boy. a man to make a living out here. That was just atrocious as far as Dallas is concerned. I know there was a lot of fans out there. They were trying to get something out of it. And to be honest, here's the here's the funny thing about how this game went. I mean, I watched the first quarter of this game, and it was pretty ugly, both sides. Pretty mm-hmm. ugly. No scoring, a lot of sloppy football. And it... I mean, Arizona changed it around in the second quarter, scoring 21, and Dallas could only get up a field goal in the first half. That's you, It was just really tough. This, here's the funny part. Kyler Murray, he had 188 yards, two touchdowns. He was 9 of 24. He did not That's throw the football. That's a stat line. Yeah. That's a stat line He did right not there. throw the football well at all on Monday. No interceptions, though. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, but I mean only throw nine there were there were times where he made some bad throws and missed. But I mean, when you got t- seventy four yards rushing on ten carries, I mean, he has such a great average for rushing; it is absolutely phenomenal. But another great running performance um, this time: Kenyon Drake, twenty carries, one. He went crazy. Two TDs. He went crazy. I do give him um, a little bit of humbling. There was one carry that. Uh, elapsed for, I believe, 50, 60-yard TD. So, reality, it's going to be a little lower. But still, very good stat line. He was good when he needed to be. And, I mean, their receiving core, really, like, they kind of – they had really weird numbers. Because, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald had, obviously, there was only nine completed passes in this game. And you were looking at all the receivers mm-hmm. like, wait a second. You'd think that Kyler Murray would utilize that a little yeah, bit Yeah, I mean, bit. Hopkins, he had – okay, this is this is crazy. Eight targets. Two catches. 
What? That does not add up. But at that point, you got to blame Kyler because anything that you put close to DeAndre, it's it's that's what it's a vacuum. That's what custom seeing. So it's really it's really interesting because I mean, and the funny part is it 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 came up for seventy three yards, and Kirk had two catches as well. He had eighty six yards and two TDs. Efficiency. It's just so. I as a fantasy perspective, you're like, okay, that was a weird game. He still got me points, but it was a weird game. We're gonna, mm-hmm. but I mean, um, it it was. It was a struggle for Dallas. I'm not going to lie. Zeke, two fumbles. Andy Dalton, two picks. Got to take care of it's, the football if you're going to win I games. mean, it's it makes – I mean, yeah, obviously, Zeke, he shouldn't have had those fumbles happen. I mean, for running backs, if, like, you don't – you just got to hold that tight. But for Andy, I mean, I was hoping that he was going to have a good, uh, a good game. I picked him up for fantasy just in case, like, because I thought he was going to be able to kind of pop off, especially with a good offense around him for a chance. Yep. But, I mean – I, I kind of blame it. I blame those two interceptions on him kind of being new. I mean, you can be in practice and kind of learn what these guys are going to be doing in those game time situations where, I mean, okay, like are they going to go left? Are they going to go right? Where it's kind of up to chance and like they kind of be on the same page. But when that comes down to it, I feel like it's going to be once he gets more comfortable. Because, I mean, Dak's out for the season, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, once he gets more comfortable, saying, yeah. he has he has a lot more games to go. Once he gets more comfortable, I think he's going to be – really, really go into that um, quarterback role. I mean, they're playing Washington next week, and I think that's that's when he's going to be able to kind of break out and show, like, all right, I'm Andy Dalton. Like, I, I still can play f- football, and I still know what I'm doing. I mean, I, we, like, when the Bengals were, like, sort of all right, he was putting up really good numbers. So I feel like when that gets to that point where he gets comfortable, I mean, this game kind of knocked the cobwebs off, especially for sitting out for so long, I mean, and kind of being ditched by the Bengals when they picked up Joe Burrow. I feel like this is going to be the time where he's got to pick it up for this week, and once he does, I feel like he's going to do really well. Yeah, I think Andy Dalton has the tools around him that he really didn't have in Cincinnati for the rest for the last part of his tenure there. I think that this is a team that he can utilize well. I think today was just a little bit of get still has training wheels on, hasn't got the training wheels off no. yet. Because I mean, obviously, it's only his gears are rusty. Gears are one, rusty. It's his first full game having this team on the field mm-hmm. and really being the the orchestrator of the offense. So I think there's not don't don't flip out yet. And even so, I mean his play style is way different from Dak. I yeah, mean Dak I think, is a little bit more mobile. He can throw farther. And I mean I feel like the offense trusts him a little bit more than Andy Dalton. And I feel like he just needs to gain that trust because I feel I mean like I said, practice is way different. So I mean once they gain his once he gains their trust in games, it's gonna be it's gonna be no question. Yeah, I think there's definitely some there's still some things they have to fix, and I Definitely. think that's one thing they're going to be talking about. I know a lot of people were pretty frustrated players-wise. A lot of people saying that the coaches were underprepared for this game and a lot of frustration there towards coaching staff. So we'll see if any of that gets resolved by next week. I mean, Arizona's in pretty good shape right now. They're 4-2, and two, and they're second in the NFC West, trailing only the opponent they have for Week 7. That is the Seattle Seahawks. So... That's going to be a pretty good game. That could be a very good game. It'll be at Arizona, so I think that'll that'll help their situation out a little bit more. So it'll be a little bit more of a homecoming for them. I know they've they've been kind of on the road for a little bit. And, I mean, winning at Dallas was huge, and Kyler Murray has made AT&T Stadium basically his second home. I mean, he's 7-0 <laughs> there for his whole football career, including high school, winning a couple of state championships in that stadium. So I, it's just another great – opportunity for them to take on a good team and show us what they're really about because i mean for arizona they've been a little inconsistent and shaky so far this season because i mean you beat a team like 
Um, you beat a team like Dallas, who's everybody's like, okay, you, in you, a transition you, period, really, you were supposed to win that game. Like, yeah, I mean, er, they you have every, I mean, and then you have everything going for you. Yeah, if, they, you, if you don't win, then you got something wrong. Yeah, and they beat the they beat San Francisco in their first game. That was pretty huge. And then they go on and lose to Detroit and Carolina. Sneak win. And yeah, it was a sneak win. But there, there's a lot of questions there as far as okay. Where is this team really at? Because, I mean, beating San Francisco and then losing to Detroit, that's two opposite ends of the spectrum. So that really is sending some mixed signals. So we'll see what they really are about coming up this next week um, as we kind of move into some of the previews we have for the upcoming Week 7. Thursday night, once again, will be another battle of losing teams. And I don't know how this schedule came out with us. And I know we can't do anything about it, but... We've had some pretty subpar, subpar choices, it seems like, so far for the Thursday night games. I mean, we had Denver against you New York. You couldn't make it like a like a just a – it doesn't even matter if it's like two like two good teams. Just give us one good team. I know. I mean, said, last, week was supposed to be, um, last week was supposed to be Chiefs-Bills. That was going to break the spectrum, but then the whole situation happened with yeah, COVID. the Titans. <laughs> yeah, basically that whole situation happened. So they had to move Thursday to Monday, so they weren't being playing after two games, which is or two days, which is fair. But that would have been the the best Thursday night game of the season so far. But instead, this week we're gonna have to settle for the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. So it is what it is. I mean, both of these teams. It's the, gonna be the greatest game of all time. <laughs> this game could either be ten to seven, or it's gonna be forty-four to seven, or twenty-seven, or something. It's, it's gonna be. Crazy. It's a battle of the NFC least right now. Yeah, it really is. Both teams coming off of um, struggling seasons so far. New York Giants did get the win against Washington. Um, I might have been ambitious by seeing two touchdowns, but I had a lot more confidence in them going in. But still, picked up the W. So it, it's good to see that New York is not the last team defeated as that is that honor can only be held for the New York Jets. So and they'll they'll have a tough task <laughs> this week Jets. as well. But I mean the Giants and Eagles right now well, yeah, honestly if you <laughs> it's funny just to look at the stat line, really. Because it's like all right, the thirty first worst the thirty first offense versus the twenty second offense. And it's just like it's so evenly bad other than the rushing that it's I just laugh, really. That's what I do because it's not – I just have no other words just to say that. It's just funny to see it, that this game is going to just be, like, the battle of the worst. That we're just going to see, like, terrible, like, not good routes. We're not going to see anything really super great. I mean, Saquon's not there, so you don't even have that. I feel like if J- – I mean, Jalen Hurts, hey, he got his first uh, completion the other day. He did. I mean, he, he did pretty well. I mean, he kind of sets in pretty well, but I feel like – it's just going to be a very lackluster game that's going to be not hyped up and it's going to live to its live to that where it's just going to be a very bland game of yeah. just two so-so teams that just go on the field and go out to have fun and maybe get a maybe get a win. Yeah, I mean, the last Thursday night game we really had that was the the Broncos and the Jets and yeah, 
That's, that's the best have, game all season. That's all you have to say right there is the Broncos and the Jets, and you understand how bland and boring that game was. But You can tell by the tone of our voices that we're super excited oh, for yeah. this game. We are, we are so excited for this game. I'm like, gonna, I can't even contain I'm gonna lock my myself. In, right I'm going to lock myself in my room and watch this game. <laughs> yeah, it should, yeah I, don't, I don't know what you really want to say about this game. It's, it, I mean, it should be a good game because they're both pretty equal. But um, one thing to note that Miles Sanders has been listed questionable for this game. Obviously, I think he had something um he had like i believe like a rollover tackle and he basically i'm i want to say it was his knee i'm trying to check it right now but obviously my um my internet is being great Little so buns um, yeah i might have to text Schefter and get the insider but on um, i mean yeah, get Schefter on the horn yeah I, we gotta we'll call Schefter here we'll later, hook him but, up to the hook him up to the old to the, uh, to yeah. the podcast. According to my sources, there's according a possibility. No. Uh, according but, to my guy, Adam. Yeah, my guy, Adam, says that Miles Sanders may not play in this game. We'll see, obviously, with his injury situation. He still is as questionable. So Philadelphia is probably going to be rolling with Boston Scott. So that might be – I mean, we're talking about two teams without their, their best receivers, their best running backs – Ouch! That's it's a dumpster fire. It's really <laughs> bad. I mean, New York, New York Giants are going with Devontae Freeman. Philadelphia Eagles are going with Boston Scott, and most likely committee, according to Doug Peterson. So it's going to be a game of really. We're going to have to see how these defenses do because really, offensively, both teams are having a struggle point. I mean, the Giants are probably a little more solidified because obviously they've had Freeman and they've had their guys. I mean, I there is report that Sterling Shepard may return. Question mark. But it is possible. That could be a big lift to that team. But overall, I mean, right now, as bad as, like, both teams are, I feel like the Eagles always seem like they play really well when they're playing against divisional opponents. They always seem to figure out something. So I'm going to pick the Eagles. That is true. But, I mean, last year, 34-17, Eagles beat the Giants in their last meeting in December. So I think that could be. But, I mean, if Carson Wentz can take care of the football, please, Carson, take care of the football. Carson, my guy. Don't throw it to the other team wearing blue. Throw it to the team I'm hoping in to see, green. I'm hoping to see a lot more of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it could be like possible. If, if they toss him in, I mean, he was pretty solid. He looked pretty comfortable back there for that one. I mean, I only saw an ESP, or I think it was NFL. Like, they did a highlight of it or whatever um, on their Instagram. Mm-hmm. And like he looked pretty comfortable back there, like especially in the pocket, he looked like a veteran. I mean, because usually you kind of see like those rookies on their first snap. I mean, a little bit of a little bit of a hesitation and stuff like that, and you can kind of see that. But I mean, when it comes down to it, he looked like like pretty comfortable back there. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But as Deion Sanders put it, ain't nobody care about this game. So it really <laughs> be, it'll really be a battle of. Battle of struggling teams, but a much more exciting game, as you can hear the tone of our voices starting to reach up. Steelers and Titans. Wow, this is going to be a fun one. I mean, both teams have been known for being very stingy, very fundamentally solid teams. I mean, Steelers got number one rushing defense and overall defense in the NFL. They deserve it. But Tennessee has Derrick Henry, and their rushing attack is very solid. I mean, this is the really thing that can tell you how this game's going to be like. Last time these two teams met, score was 18 to 6. Pittsburgh won. That's how stingy both these teams are and it's really cool to see them square off in this game on Sunday. So, it's going to be a this is going to be a good test for the the Steelers. Obviously came off a big win last week, shutting down uh-huh. Baker and the Browns after their hot streak. So, that was pretty big, but Tennessee's not 
too shabby no, right now. The be- it's the best defense versus arguably the best running back. I yeah. mean, it's you lo- you honestly love to see like this matchup. I mean, we've seen it countless times. And I mean, when it's going to come down to it, I mean, it's two 5 and 0 teams. This is like what you live for for a Sunday game. I mean, I I wish it was a Thursday game so that way we'd have some type of excitement um in the middle of the week, but I mean, I'm super excited. Ryan Tannehill, if he's going to be able to kind of take some weight off Derrick Henry and kind of spread out the defense and kind of get him to second-guess their game plan, I feel like that's going to be a big factor if he's going to be able to do that. But, I mean, if Derrick Henry, if they can stop him, that's a huge – that's literally 90% of their offense that's just thrown out the window that they can't utilize anymore. So if that happens, it's just going to come down to is Derrick Henry going to fall over or is Derrick Henry going to bust through the Iron Curtain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it'll be good. We'll make our predictions on Friday, so – Tune into that from Mikes and Takes on who we believe will win this game. We won't spoil anything right now. You'll have to just find out. But, I mean, talking about some of the rest of the games, I mean, you got Dallas is going to take on Washington, and that'll be a very fun Come on, Andy Dalton. I mean, Andy Dalton, prime time this comeback your time. Game. It's the Come time. on, Red Rocket. He's got to figure it out, and it'll it'll be the time is now for Andy Dalton to figure it out because this the team, time is now. This Washington team is pretty bad. So... But even worse, Buffalo and the New York Jets. Um, you know what? I'm going to spoil one pick. Buffalo is going to win this game, and I think everybody knows what that. What do you mean, so, dude? Okay, really? <laughs> Joe Flacco, really? No, I'm just kidding. Wow. Bill's okay. got that. It's going to be The Jets team no is, just has no – they have, like, no discipline, it seems like, on the field. I mean, they get, they get penalties. Their team struggles scoring points. They struggle stopping people. There's really nothing positive really going on in New York. I mean, they just let go of Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell, who's now Kansas City Chief, so we could see him in the Kansas City game. Wait, does yeah. Yeah. Yeah, against Denver. We'll have to see if he'll have a big role in this game or they'll take some time to weave him in the system. But I don't know. Could for, depend. Yeah, for Dallas and Buffalo, I think these two teams both have a similar attribute coming up in this game, similar story that it's primetime comeback game. They have opportunities to bounce back after uh, pretty pretty significant losses. I would feel like. I mean, Dallas does not want to lose at no, home not by, again. by twenty eight. That was that's going to be a humbling moment. And Buffalo, yeah. they wanted to win that game against Kansas City. Both teams have prime back comeback yeah. games, so we'll see what that. But I mean, they got their they got their help in a humble pie. Yeah, they did. They got a nice good old slice of humble pie. But the Carolina Panthers, who really I think have shocked a lot of people, they what? beat a lot of good teams. Mm-hmm. They're three and three right now, taking on Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. I know Brody, one of our buddies, is fully on Drew Brees going to take over and win this game, but may- maybe not so much that. But definitely the Saints winning. I feel like a lot of people are overall having that perspective right now as New Orleans yeah. win. So it- it'll be really interesting though because both teams will do well. McCaffrey may be back for this game. We might see. So that'll be that's a big question. I mean either I mean either or you're going to get a good running back. It seems like Mike Davis is filled in really well, so I think that team's doing well. Their their offense is definitely playing good in spots. Sometimes they haven't, so if they get, they play good against that tough New Orleans defense, they're going to really put up a fight. So that'll be interesting. But Green Bay against Houston. After what we saw on what's going to happen Sunday in this night, game? this Rogers, all everybody wearing the green and gold looked pretty bad. On Sunday, yeah, not with an super exception great. of like the first driver to when they were they were up at one point. Yeah, but I mean, Rogers played pretty bad, and I know I'll, I'll I'm gonna address the the elephant going on around. I know a lot in the Bulldog Radio world. I would say for sure. I mean, 
Travis made a point about how Brady solely won this game for the most part, and that I don't feel like that's fully true. I think Brady did have a good opportunity to take over the game and win it, and with that offense, and he did. But I think that that Green Bay defense kind of. I wouldn't say completely like crapped out, but they didn't play as well as they have in the previous weeks. And what's be straight that the Buccaneers defense played absolutely phenomenal against Aaron Rodgers oh, and yeah. that crew. I mean, they shut down Aaron Jones. They shut down the passing game. It was just a struggle bus. And by the end of it, I believe I thought, I can't even remember who they, they put in at the end of the game. I literally had to like mm-hmm. double take and say, wait, who was that? I still don't even know who it was. at it's that a, point. I think it was like Nick Boyle or something. Yeah. But I mean, it's a it's an eye opening experience. I feel like for the Packers because I feel like a lot of their fans and even probably the guys on the team they were thinking, all right, like, I mean, we're four and zero. Let's let's get this thing done. Let's let's keep this rolling and let's go five and zero, six and zero, seven zero, and try to get. I mean, propel ourselves into the playoffs and get ready. But I mean, when you have that happen, I mean, now it's time for a comeback game. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's having comeback games. Like I said, everyone's taking their slice of humble pie. And I mean, for the Texans, they're as humble as they can get right now. Oh, they're one in five. It's I mean, been rough. it's it's a season we weren't expecting them to have, especially just with kind of the talent that they have, especially with the Sean Watson, JJ. I know is probably extremely disappointed in this team. Probably not disappointed because I mean he's one of the captains, but he's probably just a uh, very. He's happy Bill O'Brien's gone. Yes. We Let's can just say, say that. that. Everyone's happy that Bill O'Brien's gone. Yes. I feel like it's still going to take some time until they start to turn the leaf, especially trying to fix what Bill O'Brien ins- instituted with what, oh, I mean, as a coach, but or, no, he wasn't a coach, wasn't it? For? For the Texans. Wait. I, I just totally <laughs> – <I, laughs> well, anyways, it's just going to – I mean, there's – He had beef with the, the yeah. D coordinator, I believe, or the line coach. One yeah, of the definitely. Two. But and that it, ended up spilling over to Bill O'Brien, and yeah. then Bill O'Brien had words out with J.J., and then obviously that whole situation transpired. Mm-hmm. So it, if you're Houston right now, you're playing, for, you're playing for the name, you're playing for your own name. You're pretty much saying, hey – this is we can still play some good football at this point because obviously they have every excuse not to. Terrible schedule, like terrible coaching staff according to the players, and they're still. I mean, they've competed in quite a few games, and if you're Deshaun Watson, you have an opportunity to really show what you're about and really come. You can lead a comeback mm-hmm. if you want to. We've it's, seen crazy yeah. things. I mean, it's going to be a tough game, especially against the Packers. But I mean. The Lions beat the Cardinals this year. So, I mean, anything's possible. Anything is possible. Like, the Bengals could beat the Browns on Sunday because that's going to be a pretty good Battle game. of Ohio Part 2. Yep, Battle of Ohio Part 2. Cleveland took the first round of this one. But, I mean, any it's now in Cincinnati, so there could be a momentum swing. I mean, Cincinnati, you look at 1-4-1 and one right now as their record. They don't have anything to lose at this point. No. They're, they're, they're already going to – they're starting their to Their expectations be, are so low. Yeah. What, anything what anything good that happens, everyone's people are gonna be happy about. Yeah, everybody's I put mean, you out of the playoffs. There's nobody looking there, oh, it's next year, it's next year, it's next year. It's like, oh, well, we we still got literally ten games left. What's yeah. what's the point of like laying up? Like go go out and beat the Cleveland yeah. Browns if you want to. I mean they I, just gotta go hard. To do it. This gonna be like I mean, this game obviously like well, I, like I said last time, it's gonna be a big deciding game for Joe Burrow, and I mean this game's gonna be a big deciding game for him again. I mean, if he's going to be able to step up, and I mean, as a rookie, it's always tough to go into that starting role and have a team like the Bengals that's like literally on their last hope of being a team 
that needs someone to bring them out of those trenches and to put that on a rookie's shoulder, it's extremely tough for them to manage. And I feel like he's doing as best as he can right now and as best as people thought he was going to do because, I mean, with a team like the Bengals who are not super great and he has to throw like 60-some-odd yes. times for each game, that's just not – that's not good for your longevity, but I feel like today or not today, Sunday is going to be a big deciding factor for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially for if they're going to be able to, I mean, maybe kick it in gear for the rest of the season, or if they're just going to kind of sit back and coast out. Yep, especially after the the struggle that Cleveland had last week against Pittsburgh, that was not the best outing they've had offensively. I mean, they only put up seven, and that Steeler defense is very good, so. They didn't quite step up to the challenge, and so they're going to have another. seems like this week's full of just, hey, good teams, have a comeback comeback opponent. This really what it is because Cleveland 4-2, and two, Cincinnati 1-4-1. One and four and one. Look at the record. That shows you right there. Obviously, this game's going to be, I think, closer than the records indicate, and it's mm-hmm. not going to be a blowout because both of these teams have a rivalry. That rivalry always seems like it ends up being close. But finally, I wore my sweatshirt today. Because I was waiting until you're gonna we get to him. Won another football game. And yes, sir. we won another football game. <laughs> we have full hands up in the air right now. I don't know, is this a good or a bad win? That's really What do you mean? Well, because I know that you I wouldn't I wouldn't call you out you. The Lions fan base really kind of wanted us to tank this game so we could get rid of Patricia. Because it's really here's the se- thing. Here's the here's yeah. the thing. I do want us to lose Patricia, but I mean, like, hey, we won a football game. Oh I'm, no, I'm, I'm gonna be so, happy no I matter what. Happy we won I still don't think game. that changes the fact that Patricia is still on the chopping block or that he's in the hot seat right now. Because honestly, I don't think anything unless we like win out the rest of the year. I mean, we beat the Jags. I mean, let's just let's just be honest. I mean, yeah. When you have Matt Stafford versus Gardner Minshew, I mean, a seasoned vet versus I mean, a guy with a handlebar mustache. You're gonna, <laughs> you're you're probably gonna come out with a win, but Ouch. I feel like coming down to f- for this week, if we don't win this week, that's how it's gonna. I feel like Patricia's gonna be, he's gonna get the, he's gonna get the, gonna get the. Yeah, boot. especially with Atlanta not having their head coach now and their GM, Atlanta has nothing. To Atlanta lose. is a, is a dumpster fire and a hot burning pile of garbage. Right now, that's what they are. That's a great. That's a description right there. <laughs> I mean, they they have been, they got their first win though. So it's not. I mean, they got their first Atlanta. win, but like they were zero and five up until that point. Yeah, I don't think that no, they're well, gonna. Well, I mean, don't don't expect Atlanta to come out and just be like, oh yeah, we we, we stink like Jacksonville this, really did. They're gonna a, they're gonna put up a much better fight. They're gonna be at home. They they have something to prove because <laughs> like they their offense is. Their offense is great. Their defense really has not been great. And they, funny. they have an ability to show that they are still a, a good football team. It's funny just the reputation the Lions have because we're still underdogs for this for this matchup. And we have a better record. And we have a better record. That's and we're, and we're probably going to win. It's just, honestly, if we can shut down Julio, it's no it's no big deal. And, is I mean, that? Matt Ryan still hasn't been playing super great or for how well he's been playing. There's, I don't know if you still have him on, on your fantasy team, Brandon. But who? Matt Ryan. Oh, I, I, Matty Ice. Here's the thing, and I'm glad you brought that up, Matt Ryan. If you're listening, I'm very upset with you, and it's not we your fault. We should email this to email this episode to him. I, so I will. I, it was just yeah. After scoring a combined, what was it, thirty points through three weeks, he puts up thirty-one. 
What was that? Ah, what was that for? Can you tell me in advance, please, before you just decide to do that? So I had, I Did had. You have him started, or was he on your bench? No, I put Cam Newton in for the week because <laughs> he was playing Denver. I'm dude, oh, it's Denver. I'm like, okay, Cam, I'm, that's I'm gonna roll tough. with you. That's tough with two Fs. Are you kidding me right now, Matt Ryan? Are you kidding me? Okay, that's sad. but it's okay. We can get to our fantasy teams later. But we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll do that maybe tomorrow a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. But um, Matt Ryan. Please do well this week, because I might start you. This no, week. don't do well this week. No, this is what I want. Take I want that Matt Ryan up. to take that sweatshirt. No, 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 no. Time out. You didn't understand what I'm saying. Pause. Score four touchdowns, but Detroit scores six, and we win the football game. That would be like the, the be holy grail, that. but that's not gonna happen. So, I mean, it's it'll be tough. I'll probably start Cam again because I don't want him to do good against Detroit. So. Uh, I, I'll take it back. I'm not starting. Right. Ryan. I'll just start. You can keep the again. sweatshirt on, bro. So I'll keep the sweatshirt on. But I mean, as far as like Detroit success is going right now, if we win this game, we'll be three and three. So I mean, that's something. I mean, I'm looking forward to what, that. Does this I qualify as a sneak win against a Atlanta? sneak win? Yeah, does this qualify as a sneak win? No, we're because we're underdogs. We're underdogs, but everyone's expecting us to win. I mean, okay. the Falcons are playing like Dookie right now. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm just starting to turn the page a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But Seattle, Arizona, we talked about this one already. going to be a good game. Russell Wilson's played phenomenal. Kyler has played all right. So that'll be a really interesting battle of mobile quarterbacks. And then Jacksonville, of course, we talked about them. Not a great football team. But <laughs> they'll be playing the Chargers, who also have struggled um, coming off their bye. Now without Austin Eckler, we'll see which running back steps up in their backfield, if it's Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson. So there's a lot of potential in those two games right there. Probably going to be pretty close. But then San Francisco, New England. This seems like a really prestigious matchup of just old-fashioned football to the point I wouldn't say old-fashioned football because, I mean, San Francisco's really kind of changed the way offense has been in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And Bill Belichick's kind of been really uh, cut and dry. This is what we're doing, and it's been the same for the last 10 years. But it seems like you when you have these two esteemed franchises that have had so much legendary success, that this is naturally going to be a good matchup, regardless of how the teams are doing. So, I mean, this will be a really interesting way to see how San Francisco is going to be doing because they've struggled. And New England coming off a loss to the Denver Broncos, for crying out loud. They they can definitely pull it back. I mean, this is the first time, I believe, in 10 years they've been under 500. So we'll see how they bounce back to that. But then Mahomes will take on Drew Locke at 425, Kansas City, Denver. And then following it up with the two primetime games, first on Sunday. This one looks pretty good on paper. Tampa Bay and Las Vegas. And that, that'll be a this good one. This is going to be a big one. That's going to be a good one. We'll see if Tom Brady can hold his success and if Derek, or if Derek Carr can spoil the party at home. But maybe maybe it's going to be another Saints-type Saints situation where yeah. it's a big one. Maybe. Sneak win? Sneak win? Wait, yeah, I would say Vegas would be probably rated under Tampa Bay right now. But, mm-hmm. I mean, then with Monday night, our, our NFC North rival, Chicago, will take on the Rams and – Somehow, in some version, somehow, I keep saying somehow because truly we don't know how. Somehow, Chicago will probably win this game and go to 6-1, and one, and we honestly still don't know how? how that will happen. How? Can you think how in the world Chicago is 5-1 and one right now? How do we lose to Chicago? That's I don't want to talk about that, but still, 
ridiculous. I mean, last time, hey, Rams did win this matchup previously last year. Though there is a possibility, and it's at L.A., but, I mean, you're telling me the Chicago Bears are 5-1 and one right now. What is this, the 80s? <laughs> I, <laughs> I Is this mean, like the 80s Chicago Bears? I don't know. I mean, this is the funny part about every game they've won this year. It's been within a score. And even ev- actually every game they've been in this year has been within a score. Yeah. Know, including the loss by 8 to Indianapolis. They beat us. Shouldn't have, but they did. The New York Giants beat by four. Four. Then somehow come back and beat Atlanta. They drop the game to Indianapolis. They somehow stop Tom Brady and win by one over Tampa Bay. And then they claw back and beat Teddy Bridgewater at Carolina. I don't know why this football team How? is that good. How? <laughs> we literally- How? I have no idea, dude. I literally am dumbfounded right now. I just don't understand <laughs> for how bad they were last year. I mean, Nick Foles can't be that good where he's bringing them to this oh, much. Oh, he's not, he's not putting up that great of numbers. That's what I'm I mean, saying. He than, just is not. He's playing better There's than no Mitch, possible way he's that. Not playing, he's not playing like, literally, they have a better record than the Buccaneers. What? <laughs> that's I don't want to live in this world anymore. <laughs> if if so that's weird. the case for the Bears This right is now. the best stat I've seen all day. Chicago has actually accumulated less first downs than their all like all of their opponents so far this season. They have less first downs and <laughs> All right, as Joe is now leaving, um I guess we might just have to finish the show out because I don't know where he's going. Oh, never mind, he's back. I can't I had to take a walk. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I have a buddy that's a big uh Bears fan. Shout out to Steven. I know he's telling me I don't know how we're five and one, but I'm liking it. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Bears fan, why wouldn't you like it? You're five. I mean, one. I feel like we'd be saying the same thing about the Lions. You're I don't better, know how we'd be five. You're and better one, than the Green Bay Packers right now, technically in that FC North. What? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is this? But it's so fun. It's so fun to see how the NFL shakes out every year because every year this stuff happens, and it'll it'll Craziest, be crazy. In the crazier stuff is happening. I know. know. I mean, Detroit started out one year. I believe it was two and seven. Then we came back and won seven straight games, and then we ended up losing to Green Bay. I mean, we, we went that made one the year. We went like five and zero oh at the start, and then we ended up what? We <laughs> went. Th- we went three and zero oh two years ago, and then finished three and thirteen and or three and twelve and one or whatever. That's tough. So it is tough, but I mean, Chicago. This could be the season they they make it to the playoffs, or it could be a season where all the hope and glory is lost in the next second half of the season. So we'll just have to see less offensive yards, less rushing yards, less passing yards, more sacks. What? (laughs) The statistics. I feel like that's the only thing you can say. That's the thing about football. Every statistic can point against a team, and the team can still win the football game. That's what makes football so great. Is that 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 stats really aren't that important? It's how you capitalize and how you play on the field. Mm-hmm. So that it will be a interesting matchup to see in Week Seven as we wrap up today's episode. Joe, always good day in the office. And it for, really is. And for Detroit, Rome wasn't built in one day. Trust the process. Wait, that's Philadelphia. It's got, it's ah, got a couple hey, whatever. more years. A couple more years and we got this. We we can get it in the bag. We can definitely do that. So it will be looking forward to that. But follow us on the MVSP. On Twitter, if you want to be on the show, message us. Let us know. We have lots of guests coming in. We want in, you on the show. So it's we want fun. to fill spots. Get on the show. We'll have more interviews and guests coming up in the next couple episodes. Once again, we apologize for Monday's fiasco going on. 
in the studio. A lot of chaotic things happened, but we made it back, so likely going to be back tomorrow if you guys want to tune in for that. But until then, we'll see you then. Take care, everybody.